from master animator Don Bluth, director of the classics An American Tale and The Land Before Time, comes an all-new adventure for the whole family, Rockadoodle. Edmund always enjoyed reading his favorite book. But tonight, he's really getting into it. I have some rather bad news. Kittens are more digestible. Uh-oh. Suddenly, Edmund is in a wondrous world where the Grand Duke of Owls has stirred up a colossal storm to stop the sun from shining. Hope you can swim, guy. Now, Edmund and his newfound friends are off on an amazing adventure to find the only one who can bring back the sun. The city! They're looking for a rooster to save the day. And not just your ordinary barnyard variety. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of the Let me be your rooster, and let me roost with you. Him. Let me be your rooster, or let me hear your sweet voice. Get him out of here! You boys is dead meat. Well, you're the number one chicken, this chicken coop. I wanna rock, rock, yeah. Look, we're out of time here. Oh, no. Guys, we're gonna go back and get him. Stop those birds! Oh, no. Take two. I do. I'm gonna rock a doodle. Positively low. Rock and roll. <laughs> As we make our way towards the latter half of Don Bluth's filmography, we make it to the movies that are lesser loved and not always for the right reasons. This is one of my favorite childhood movies. <laughs> this is the story of Rockadoodle. This is Toys R Us. Uh, what's your name, little buddy? Banjo. <laughs> Dragon's Lair, a fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. Judgment. Judgment? Oh, not to worry, Charlie. You'll go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven because unlike people, dogs are naturally good and loyal and kind. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Cock-a-doo, what a day. The sun is shining brightly. Cock-a-doo, sunny day. Down here on the farm. Tumbleina. She's a funny little squirt. Tumbleina. Tiny angel in a skirt. Tumbleina. She's mending and baking, pretending she's making things hum. A troll in Central Park. The Pebble and the Penguin. Dancing bears, painted wings, things I almost remember. 
who wanted to tell the rooster story through live action and animation, which I always love when there's live action and animation like yes. existing together. Yes. It's like perfect. It's beautiful when it's done right. Yes. And horrifying when it's done wrong. Yes. <laughs> really. Like, oh God. <laughs> oh rough. Not looking at you, Monkey Bone. Oh, good call. Right? Now talk about a fucking underrated-ass movie. Yes, very much so. Ooh. So fucking... Just like... It's off the rails. Yeah, it's off the fucking rails. It is. Never once does it try to pretend to be anything that it's not. No. Originally, the story's first and last scenes were to be shot in black and white, similar to 1939's The Wizard of Oz. The film's opening, which took place at a farm, had Edmund's mother reading the tale of Chanticleer to him. Victor French from Get Smart and Highway to Heaven was set to direct these scenes, but terminal lung cancer forced him out of the production. Ooh. Yeah. But it's also like you were a fucking like, executive in that era. Yeah. Odds are you got some sort of lung cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Smack a secretary's on the ass and smoking an entire pack of cigarettes. Yeah. All before lunchtime. Yeah. And just being fucking wasted all damn day. Um, Bluth, who had never done anything in this field, took over from this point. However, very little of this footage made it to the final cut. The live action sequences were done at Ardmore Studios. In a 1990 magazine article, Don described the plot of the the film thusly. Now, Rockadoodle is a fantasy, something that we just made up. It's about a character named Chanticleer who thinks that when he crows, the song comes up. The truth is, it does, until one day um, into the farmyard comes another rooster who fights with Chanticleer and keeps him so busy that the sun, who has a habit of coming up every morning at that time, peeks its little head over the hill. Well, Chanticleer has not crowed, and when he sees that the sun has come up without him, he's devastated. Dun, dun, dun. All the farmyard animals ridicule and laugh at him, so he walks away and says, I'm nobody. The sun becomes very upset after that and hides behind the clowns never to come out again. Meanwhile, the rooster goes away to the city and becomes a rock star, very reminiscent of uh, Elvis Presley. The farmyard animals realize they're in trouble because the rains have come, the world's flooding, and there's no more sunshine. So they go to the city to try to bring uh, Chanticleer home to crow. Hmm. In the final film, however, it is never explained when the sun rises, though Chanticleer does not crow, despite how much the narration of the film tries to explain many things. The live-action footage was filmed in 1990 at MGM Studios in Hollywood, California. When the live-action footage was finished during production, Goldcrest Films recruited uh, Sullivan Booth Studios to animate the rest of the film. Animation took place in both Burbank, California, and Dublin, Ireland. Man. Yeah. Talk about... Pit booms worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chanticleer's girlfriend, Goldie the Pheasant, was designed to have attributes similar to Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Of course. In response to reactions from mothers during test screenings of the scenes, Goldcrest requested that Sullivan Bluth reanimate the scenes by covering her chest with feathers as cell overlays or just simply painting her cleavage out. Brilliant. Fucking moms. I know. That's terrible, but that's a good workaround with the feathers. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Just add one fucking cell painting over that, you're fine. Boom. Done. The live action and animation sequences were filmed in two separate aspect ratios. 
The animation was shot in an open matte, full ne- full screen negative, meaning the top and bottom of the image were cropped to fit the three, uh, theater screen, along with the new Olive Films DVD and Blu-rays releases. Um, however, the live action scenes, including all animated elements, were shot in hard matted widescreen. When uh, viewed in full screen, except the theater screen and new Olive Films DVD and Blu-ray. Blu-ray releases, all the animated sequences, except for the parts of the finale, can be seen in full, but the live-action segments lose, uh, lose information on the sides, which is always a fucking nightmare. Yeah, that's a, that's a little... You know, like, you couldn't have worked around that somehow? Right. Um, to avoid a potential PG rating, Bluth edited out the showing of the Duke's skunk pie. The pie is not seen in full view in the final version. The animators had to replace Chanticleer's glass of wine with a transparent cup of soda in the kiss and coo sequence, and had to draw <laughs> and had to draw colored effects um, into the Grand Duke's breath to make him less scary for young audiences. Sure. Which, fuck that motherfucker! <clears throat> That's a repressed goddamn memory. Yeah. You see that fucking creepy ass owl with weird ass glowing eyes? You're like, nah, I'm out. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and just fucking bounce, please. Sorry, Get the fuck out of here. Um, test audiences also felt confused by the storytelling, so the filmmakers decided to include narration told by the dog character, Patu. Patu. Voiced by Phil Harris. Hey, Phil. Uh, the crew, because of these changes, had to work overtime to finish the film by Thanksgiving 1990. Which, you know, at least they didn't get fired. Yeah. <laughs> you know who always works overtime? Oh, uh, Yeah. Is fatty. Yeah. The film originally included more darker elements, a famous one being a deleted sequence from the kitchen scene. In this sequence, the Duke bakes a live baby skunk in a pie. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, the reason this was cut wasn't because of the content, but because Don Bluth received a note from the preview audience that most cases of child abuse happen in the kitchen and involve baking instruments. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wow, that got dark. <laughs> Real fucking dark. Wow. Real fucking dark. Mm. Uh, this was the only Don Bluth movie to contain live action. Okay. Glenn Campbell was chosen... Uh, as the voice slash singing voice of Chanticleer after Don Pluth heard his yodeling in I Remember You, which is a song by Glenn Campbell. Okay. I remember you. Eddie Deason, who voices Snipes, and just like every Eddie Deason character is the same. Yeah. It's just fucking Mandark. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me it's not. Like no. the same character in fucking uh, Polar Express. Yeah. Yeah. That's just his voice. Yeah. He can't help it. Uh, he claims he has never seen the movie. Oh, wow. She's just like, yeah. eh, sad. It is, sure. Glenn Campbell was really good friends with Elvis Presley and would sometimes do Elvis imita- uh, imitations in his concerts. <laughs> he stopped doing them once Elvis died. For this film, however, he bases his singing voice on Elvis. And with that, we close the book on another day of Don Bluth magic. Indeed. Until next time, remember... That a crow does indeed bring the sun up. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid.